Hi, this is Chris Baldner from Grave Digger. You are listening to the Shred Shack podcast with Dan and Chris Mack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And you're listening to episode 14 of the Shred Shack podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. First, let's talk some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. There's been an update on the whole Victory Records versus Spotify dispute. Like, uh, I think two episodes ago, uh, we talked about how Victory Records was... All of their catalog was pulled off of Spotify because Victory Records claims that Spotify is not paying their royalties upwards of $23,000. Um, apparently there was a leaked email from Victory Records founder and head head man in charge, Tony Brumel, saying that Spotify represents, quote, over 70% of our monthly digital sales, unquote. And that if the situation isn't resolved, quote, in a few months, I am fucked, unquote. So uh, it seems like he gets that Victory Records gets a lot of money from streaming, which is... Which I didn't think was the case for a lot of people. Um, the unfortunate, most unfortunate thing is that if this doesn't get resolved after the fact that he's fucked, uh, they are going to have to be forced to drop some people off the label and start laying some people off, apparently. So, very uncool. And I hope it's a legit complaint, though, because from what I understand this guy has been known for some shady business dealings so this could be all smoke and mirrors so here's here's hoping because you know again in a business sense of 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 owning a label money's the thing yeah and if you start sitting there throwing around the idea that you're not getting any money then you're gonna start setting a really bad precedent and people are gonna start hating on digital music even more although Spotify has been getting a lot of flack from artists lately so this may not be entirely unfounded. Yeah. So I guess we'll kind of see how this one in particular plays out. Yeah. Um, other old business updates on the uh, Romanian nightclub fire tragedy from last week. Um, this past Tuesday, the three club owners were arrested in connection to the incident. They are being charged with manslaughter. Accusations state that owners allowed venue to be overcrowded without providing the proper amount of safety exits as well as allowing pyrotechnics to be used in an indoor facility. Also mentioned is that the foam installation that we talked about that were on those um, pillars that got lit up on fire, they were installed illegally to save money. Oh. Yeah. So, hopefully those guys go to jail for a very long time. So, speaking of being fucked. Yeah, really. (laughs) And then the following day, this past Wednesday, the Romanian Prime Minister... Victor Ponta, I think that's him, Ponta, whatever, it doesn't matter, Punta, call him that for right now, he resigned due to protests among the Romanian people who claimed that widespread government corruption and subpar safety standards at the collective, which is the name of the venue, and other venues in the country are what caused the disaster. Apparently, over 20,000 people marched in Bucharest the night before, Tuesday night, calling for something to be done about the government's corruption. That's accountability. That's not only accountability, but that's that's pretty intense. Yeah. For, for something like this to... Right? I mean, who stepped down in, in, after the great, uh, the great White Fire? 
that, that's... I mean, that dude... I mean, that's the prime minister of a country stepping down because of a, night, a nightclub fire. And that's, that's pretty... Because you done fucked up. Yeah, that's pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. And, you know, 20,000 people to protest for something like that is also very good. Yeah. You know, they take their... Not just... They take their safety seriously. And, they, you know, whether it's metalheads or not, the safety of the Romanian people is important. It, it's definitely a good thing that, that something something more positive is coming out of this entire tragic uh, event. Yeah. You know, I, 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 again, it, it didn't need to happen. There were some minor things that could have happened to, to prevent it, but in the long run, it is showing some bigger problems at hand. So, again, hopefully a more positive outcome overall because, you know, again, someone stepping down, a leader of a country stepping down after protests over a, over a fire like this, that's, that's something big. That's, that's a sign of something bigger going on. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, so that one we'll probably, we'll probably be hearing a lot more of in the next week or two. So, and one more thing I did not write down in the old business section in our script, but I saw it last night, right before I went to sleep. We talked about Jill Janice last week about a lot of her uh, mental issues and how she, quote unquote, quit the band and didn't quit the band. Yada 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 yada. Yep. They're recording album four already. Okay. <laughs> She's in the studio right now. She took a. Uh, it was in on her Instagram page. Um, you know, on the computer already tracks going up on. You know, it's they're already recording again. So no worries there. Okay. There you go. More hunters for you. I'm not a fan, so. <laughs> okay, so that's it for old business. Now, next quarter. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. Next quarter. Next quarter. <laughs> so, as always, when we go into new business, we talk about new releases. Um, I'm going to take the lead, because um, there was a lesser amount of new releases this week, and because of the fact that it was the end of the month, and so on we didn't get to uh cover as much as we would like to but uh i covered a little bit more uh this month than you did so i'm going to start off with reverence gods of war reverence is american power metal um this entire week has been a lot of power metal and progressive metal. They're kind of shoving it down our throat right now. And it's, it's fucking fantastic. I was going to say, I have absolutely no problem with that yeah, whatsoever. It, 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 is, it is very pleasing. Uh, Reverence, uh, Reverence is, is a band that has been formed by... I'm going to guess formed by... Um, drummer Steve Washols. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but he played for Sabotage from their first demo in 1983 to Edge of Thorns in 1993. So he had 10 years with the band Sabotage, and uh, I believe he's done a little bit of uh, some random projects here and there since then. Uh, but they're also their singer is Todd Michael Hall, who currently sings for Riot V. Um, it's power metal. Sounds very much like Primal Fear. Even the singer sounds a lot like Ralph Sheeper's Tim Owens. There's one or two tracks where he sounded spot on like Tim Owens. Um, Again, nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> absolutely not. No, it, it, it's actually really good, really heavy. Uh, it, it's it's a punch in the face, as power metal should be. 
Um, so it's definitely good to see you know more uh, American bands embracing that sound. Um, so yeah, definitely check this one out. Reverence Gods of War. Um, I got novelist souvenirs. It's the debut album from the French Quintet. Um, on first listen, I wasn't a big fan of it. It sounded very uh, generic, genty. Um, but on second listen, I really enjoyed it a lot more. I found that there, some of their tracks were particularly catchy. Um, they're heavy, but there's also a flair of technicality in there like I watched one of their videos and watching the guys actually do like a playthrough is actually they do a lot of noodling on which is pretty cool um can we get a t-shirt that say noodle on noodle on <laughs> I, I want done <laughs> shred shack we noodle on <laughs> confirmed ramen <laughs> um good thing here is that um you get you get the like a good sense that you can just bob your head to some of these tracks, uh, so there's like it's not like as uh, jilted in their time signatures as some bands. You actually can get a steady beat going, and while enjoying the the songs themselves, uh, definitely for fans of bands like Periphery, Tesseract, and Animals as Leaders. So I would recommend it. All right, next one up is uh, Chastain. We bleed metal. <laughs> Album title like Weed Bleed Metal, you know what you're gonna get. Yes, sir. A whole lot of metal. Uh, again, this is another American power metal band. Uh, apparently, these guys have been around since the mid 1980s. Really? Uh, who? Uh, I didn't fucking know that. Wow. Okay. Uh, so again, I'm oblivious to things. Thanks, internet, for not helping me out with this. Um, like I said, they're they're kind of similar to Reverence, um, but. Unlike them, they kind of focus a little bit on the uh, heavier side, whereas the vocals of Todd Michael Hall from Reverence were a little bit more of the uh, soaring, cleaner vocals. This is a little bit more of the dirty vocals, you know, like the the the, the gruff and the gritty from again from singers like Tim Owens and 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 Ralph Sheepers. Only difference here, though, is the fact that it's done by a female vocalist, yeah. and and she rocks it pretty hard. Only problem I have here is that I could not find more of the album. I only found one track, which was All Hail to the All Hail the King. But if this track is indicative of the rest of the album, it is going to be sick. So check it out. Chastain, We Bleed Metal. Next up, Mammoth Storm. <laughs> I'm going to butcher this word, and the name of the album is Fornyat. Fornyat? Fornyat. I don't know. I have no idea. It's, well, it's a debut album from a band from Sweden, so it's probably Swedish. Let's just say that the band's name describes the sound of this band. 
doom metal. All right, elephant stomp, slow riff, slow melody. They got some really long songs on here. Um, track number, track uh, lengths go from two to six. Two tracks are nine minutes long, an eleven minute track, and then a thirteen minute track. Um, the good thing about this band is that even for a trio, they are a full sounding band. It's like there's no empty space in your headphones when you listen to them. They are just thick and juicy. And another interesting thing I found about this is when I was doing my research about them is that they were formed by dra draconian guitarist Daniel Aridson. So he, here he puts um, he does bass and vocals. I think he's he's guitarist and draconian, like I said. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like he's exploring a different kind of sound from what he does with draconian. Okay. Draconian's a little bit more melodic, I think. Mm -hmm. These guys a little bit slower, a little bit more down tuned, a little bit more real doom metal. Mm -hmm. But I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually went on and found them on Bandcamp. They have another, uh, I think, a demo out that has two tracks on it. Both of them are over 10 minutes long. I downloaded that just to kind of accompany the uh, the CD I got. So definitely highly recommend it. Next up, Magnus Carlsen's Free Fall. The album is called Kingdom of Rock. They will Another one that sounds so cheese. With an album title like <laughs> Kingdom of Rock, you know what you're going to get. Uh, Magnus Carlsen is actually one of the current guitar players for Primal Fear. I believe he joined the band in 2008. He has also contributed to many other projects. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he did the first trio of albums for um, Russell Allen and Jorn Lande. Their, their, two, their albums together, he did uh, some significant uh, work on that. Uh, it's kind of similar to the uh, the Joel Hoekstra album that we were talking about two three weeks ago. Yeah, <clears throat> it's um, you know, it's it's the musician who has like this big bombastic sound. It has a lot of singers sing for him and everything, because, like I said, bombastic, big choruses, super, super saturated in keyboards. There's so much cheese on this album. <laughs> it's, it's it's fantastic. Um, yeah, it, I I can't say it's like power metal or progressive metal it is pretty much traditional metal just so much pop to it um, and I, I didn't want to call it pop metal but like it is just so catchy and just uh, it's, it's you strap yourself in feel the cheese you strap yourself in and feel the cheese <laughs> which by the way that that line apparently it's uh, strap yourself in and feel the G's, not cheese that the Simpsons line. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I, I was actually very sad to find that out. Anyway, oh, singers that he has on the album, because he's, I'm pretty sure Magnus Carlson sings on two of the 11 tracks himself. The rest of them he has other people sing for, including Joe Lynn Turner, who was former Rainbow and general metal vocal whore. Yeah. Um, then you have Jorn Lande, who is ex-Master Plan, now solo and general metal vocal whore. Mm. Uh, Tony Harnell former singer of TNT, as well as the current singer of Skid Row. Um, Rick Altsy, current singer of Master Plan and Advance. And, and, number one, Tony Martin. Oh. Talk that 
I'm raising my hands <laughs> to the sky, baby. <laughs> He's yes chanting himself. I actually, I actually, um, I went looking for this album on YouTube. I found a whole bunch of tracks. The only, uh, this only one I couldn't really find was the Tony Martin one. So I actually went onto Spotify, the apparent bane of all evil. <laughs> To listen to that track, and I was not disappointed. It wasn't like the Star One track where I was like, "Huh, you could have done so much better." No, this was this was this is me sitting here saying, "Man, Tony Martin sounds fucking awesome." So, Tony Martin for Black Sabbath, 2015. Vote everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the album overall is really good. Um, if you like anything from you know like Yorlandes solo stuff, um, Russell Allen and Yorlandes. Joint project. If you like the Joel Hoekstra thing, if you like any of that big bombastic, obnoxiously bombastic rock and metal, this is for you. It, it was it. It's got the hooks, man. It's, it's got the hooks. It's got the hooks. It's got the hooks in you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, my last new release from the week because I was really f- focusing on my top three, which we're doing this weekend. Um, Mestis. The album's name is Polysimi. I can't pronounce half the shit I listen to anymore. It's ridiculous. Polysemy. Polysemy? Polysemy. That actually is probably more like a polysemy. Anyway, this is the side project of Animals as Leaders guitarist Javier Reyes. Um, another another line of um, instrumental uh, prog rock. Um, has flares of the gents, but it has more of an underlayer of um, jazzy noodling. I like that word noodling. We're going to be using that a lot lately. Noodle uh, going forward. Um, definitely for fans of, of course, Animals as Leaders and uh, Scale of the Summit. You know, I've been listening to, I think there's one of these albums that come out a month for me mm. that I just really enjoy as far as instrumental, prog, and with a little bit of jazz in there. And noodle this is, of the month? Yeah, the noodle of the month. Noodle noodle of the month club. That's going to be a new thing. Yes, yes. I'm excited <laughs> for that. All right, let's do it. Hell yeah. Noodle of the month club, which means in February it'll be Dream Theater. <laughs> <laughs> the noodliest. Oh, you're done? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, my last one for the month because like... Week. Week. Huh? Last one for the week. Oh. Damn, edit that out. <laughs> Note to self, ass cream is not as good as advertised. <laughs> get pork cream, pork cream for giant wart on my ass. Sex with plastic blow-up doll, not as good as that's the line. Sex with blow-up doll, not as good as advertised. Okay. <clears throat> Back to business. My last one for the week is Vanden Plus, Chronicles of the Immortal, Netherworld 2. I'm the architect of gods And a thousand evictions My creation is a pension And the house is here And it's a ready place of might And can fulfill the new predictions Outside the apple Oh, that's your funny title for the week, too. Uh, that was a decent title. It's, it's not, you know... 
Chaos 1992 Space Wizards Rise something about dicks uh, <laughs> or Space Police <laughs> Space Police <laughs> no um Vandom Plus is a name that I've heard for a good long while uh, I've never actually heard any of their music until I decided to listen to this one progressive metal through and through first track on the album gets really really epic like really intense like I, I kind of want to watch a tsunami fight off a grizzly bear something <laughs> while <whilst> riding a horse <laughs> while, while riding a horse named death you know it's really it, it gets really big and then the rest of the tracks kind of follow into uh, a similar vein as dream theater like very similar dream theater and um, yeah i was thinking like it's kind of difficult not to compare progressive bands to dream theater because they are a front runner um, Van and Plus did technically start around the same time that Dream Theater originally did, although obviously from different countries. Um, but these guys do have a lot of that, um, a lot of the big, uh, the big vocal, the big choruses and the bigger, um, softer parts of of Dream Theater. They don't have as much noodling and whatnot. Again, the word noodling that, comes up. I love that word. It's just, this is great. Yeah, they, they, they're not. They're not. Similar to Dream Theater in that effect, but they're 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 bigger songs. Um, I'm trying to think of a particular one to compare it to, but I can't. But there there is a lot of similarities there. But the album is really good. Um, I can't really pinpoint any particular songs again. I was going through it pretty fast, but what I did hear of it, I did enjoy. Again, this was a Spotify listen, so it's you know, I'm not sure if the album exactly has those commercials for. <laughs> random shit but <laughs> it probably doesn't no but the album is actually really good uh, like I said this whole week was dominated by great progressive and power metal or a combination of the two I also wanted to get through a few other albums um, the new Eldritch album had come out Dark Moor had come out with an album and uh, not really power progressive metal but Flayed which I showed you earlier yep, came out with yep. an album which was a whole lot of fun the one track we heard uh, these are albums that I really wanted to get a, a closer listen to, but I didn't have the time. But they're definitely worth a check out from what I've heard so far. And we kind of both avoided accidentally um, the Devil You Know album. It was because, well, obviously I couldn't get, I, I just can't afford to go out and buy CDs every week, which I totally would if I could. But I was hoping that somebody would have a stream of it. Yeah. I was <laughs> really hoping for it. Uh, just because you know, I really like Howard Jones. I love his singing. Mm -hmm. I like the. Um, I streamed the last one. I, I kind of. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I was looking forward to seeing someone have it, and nobody. Nothing. 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 I was so bummed. I don't think we even got a single for it. Like I. I, 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 get... I think on. I think on. Um, skateboard. There's a single. Is there? Oh. I think so. I didn't really go looking for it. I'm not a huge fan of. Of the band, I figured that, that that you would have encountered it, but again, if there's nothing really widely available for us, then like I know that they have they have a single out um, that that's on YouTube. There's a there's a video with it. There's the single. Uh, there's a single on skateboard marketing right now, um, and something I'll mention later uh, that came out this week, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, so that's it for new releases. Uh, again, it was kind of a minimal week, and thankfully we're getting like slightly lesser 
Um, the material, the amount of material that's coming out in the coming weeks is going to be a little bit less, so we have a little bit less to cover. That way, we can focus a little bit more on other things and kind of kind of catch it, up. Because remember, last week I had that really long list of bands. I got to listen to maybe one of those. Yeah. So you know, and 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 with there's a, there's going to be a lot of changes going on as far as like like shred shack format, uh, which we're also, we're also going to get to a little bit later in this show. Um, but there's a whole bunch of new things happening, and we. Uh, we need to start preparing for that. So thankfully, new releases are going to be a little bit less for a moment as we prepare for that. In the meantime, let's talk about some news. You've got it all lined up because I don't pay attention. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I spend my evenings is just updating. Um, so first up, Avenged Sevenfold party ways with their, um, their new drummer, uh, the drummer after Mike Portnoy, who was yeah. on Hail to the King. Yeah. Parted ways a little while ago, citing, you know, the typical creative differences, you know, whatever. But they announced a new drummer this past week. His name is Brooks Wackerman, which is a great name for a drummer. But this guy has the pedigree to back him back him up. He is he was in Infectious Grooves, Bad Religion, Tenacious D. All about the D. Yep. Monkeys Fear and the Nervous System. Uh apparently he it was they wanted to bring him into the band back when the Rev passed away back in 2009, but it just didn't happen. He's in the band now. Hopefully, it's the last change they got. Um, hopefully, this guy with the the background he has can just kind of kick him in the balls in the studio and actually get back to some really you know more technical shit. Yeah, guys. Because Hail the King was just a little too in the pocket for my taste. Yeah, a little bit too. Uh... Hey, want to re-record that person's song and call it our own? <laughs> hey, we're just going to suck the dick off of every 90s metal album there was. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the 90s metal album ever. Anyway, Metallica. Uh, there was a petition going around for a little while ago. Um, we, we were trying to get Metallica to play the halftime show at the Super Bowl. It's the... 50th Super Bowl is in San Francisco. What better band to play the halftime show than Metallica? Didn't work. But they will be performing at uh, what is going to be called the Night Before concert. Um, the day before Super Bowl it leads into the whole Super Bowl festivities, which is just a, a full day of nonsense. So still going to be in uh, San Francisco. I think it's actually going to be televised, I think. Um more details on that later if I find that out but at least they're involved which is cool more Metallica related news Kirk Hammett says the new album is not coming out until the end of 2016 or early 2017 so guys the buck yeah really dude god damn now on to the thing that keeps us from playing the uh, everything is awesome clip we we just can't get get by a week without this terrible um Bad Brains guitarist Gary Dr. No, this is K-N-O-W, like he knows something, Miller, hospitalized and on life support, suffering from an undisclosed, at the time that I read the article, uh, ailment. Um, it was reported Wednesday that uh, his, his status was improving, but I haven't seen an update since then. Mm. So hopefully everything, you know, he gets off life support, whatever is going on with him everything clears up 
You know, I'm not. I'm not sure. I've never listened to Bad Brains before. I know bits and pieces. I mean, so. I've heard of the band. They're, they're one of those legendary old school hardcore bands. Yeah. Uh, so, but still, you don't want to see anyone get sick like that. So, yeah. hopefully, well, it all clears up for him. Yeah. Next up in general news, Faith No More is reissuing We Care A Lot for the 30th anniversary with bonus tracks and photo albums. Let me tell you how happy this makes me. Hang on one second. Uh-oh. So I've got every Faith No More album except for We Care A Lot because We Care A Lot is actually out of print. So then reissuing this album means that I can finally fucking get it. So therefore, Ooh. there's a whole swell, swelling in the D right here. No, that's, that's a big old... Win for the Dan over that's, here. That's right. Pants are getting tight down here. <laughs> Everybody, shut up! <laughs> oh my gosh! They, um, have they announced uh, what um, tracks are going to be on this? Uh, no, 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 no. I didn't see anything about that. It's just, I just saw that. Actually, I think if you go to the page, uh, you probably find more information. This is just me reporting what I saw on on Metal Sucks. Okay, because this is also this is also pre Mike Patton. Oh. So it's 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 me wondering what they what else they had in the vaults pre Mike Patton. So would you be would you be one of those fans that'd be like, man, re-record the album with Mike Patton, or would you just want the original album? Just get the original album. I'm just curious, yeah. you know, because Ice Earth has a tendency to do that kind of thing. No, but yeah, they they did that with Days of Purgatory, which is fine. They can they can do it. Um, don't make a special edition of it. Just yeah. kind of re-record it if you want to. But it's it's not necessary. Yeah, I think Chuck Mosley had had his had his period, and it's, it's okay, that that was phrased very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> he had his period, huh? He had his time in the band, and and it's fine as it was. Um, <laughs> it's. Even like his vocals on those older albums, like you can hear, like you can hear, like yes, Mike Patton would sound good re-recording this. Is it necessary? Nah, it's fine. Meh. It's fine as it is. So, so just re-releasing it, I'm cool with that. Right on. All right, next up, um, we got a, a big um, benefit show coming up. We mentioned a couple times uh, a couple weeks ago, Tony McAlpine. Uh, has been diagnosed with colon cancer. Like definitely diagnosed. Definitely diagnosed. I know with when, colon we, when we reported it, yes, it was still yeah, very much. Unknown. He is diagnosed with colon cancer. One of the last times we reported on it, he had a surgery that didn't go too well. He was recovering, yada yada yada. But there is a big benefit concert for him, uh, featuring guitar legends Steve Vai, Zach Wild, and John Five, uh, backed by Mike Portnoy. Who else could play drums for anybody? Um, bassist uh, Billy Sheehan, which we've talked about a lot in the last couple of weeks, yep. um, and of course keyboardist Derek Shrinian. Um, pretty much, these are the whoring sons of bitches of metal, <laughs> all coming together for um, Tony McAlpine uh, benefit concert in L.A. hosted by Eddie Trunk, who's good friends with all of these guys. So hopefully there's a good turnout for that, and whatever they're trying to do for the benefit, hopefully a whole bunch of money goes to it, whether it's his hospital bills or it's just cancer research, whatever. Hopefully it's it's a good show. I'm sure it'll be a fantastic uh, thing to see to begin with. Last one in general news, and something that pertains to San Antonio. Ozzy Osbourne was in town this past week. 
to visit the Alamo for the first time in over 30 years, pretty much since he pissed on it, to make an official apology to the caretakers of the Alamo. Uh, is that all part of uh, a new show that him and his son Jack are doing for the History Channel? I think it's kind of like a travel log thing. So um, what happened was I read today is that they were supposed to just kind of be kind of pretend to be just be regular tourists and show up and just kind of be about it. But word got out. A couple hundred Aussie fans showed up to the Alamo to see Aussie. It turned into this whole big thing. Uh, so they had to get security and yada, yada, yada. Of course. But the way you were talking about it earlier is would have been really funny is that if, uh, you know, because he's all old, he gets all excited and, like, pisses himself. <laughs> just just, just, just kind of, you know, him being old, just kind of pees himself right there. And like, oh, no, you did it again, Ozzy. A little incontinence going on. <laughs> and all, all his fans get quiet and go, Ozzy. Ozzy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So then he becomes my cat and just goes, what? <laughs> yeah. But like I, I heard bits and pieces about the the show that his that that Jack is doing. Uh-huh. Um, I guess it's just a little addition. But like I don't need the Osbournes on TV anymore. I'm like guys, just stop. Right. Oh, like, I just hope Sharon, they have this... Sharon, you can keep doing the view. That's fine. Whatever. Everybody else, guys, gotta relax. <laughs> well, that was general news. Moving on to recording news, which is always fun. Anthrax announces that their new album will be called For All Kings, and it has a release date of February 26, 2016. We've come for you all kings. Yes. All of you kings. We've come wait, for wait. you. February 26th. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's that, that's a good thing. We, we, we could use a little more Anthrax sooner rather than later. I want you to take note, Metallica. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> even with all the turmoil that Anthrax has had, they have still managed to release things. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, they're going to release two albums before you release one. Yeah. 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 Speaking of people releasing two albums, you have Dream Theater news. <laughs> Dream Theater news, yes. Dream Theater's new record. Um, they've been teasing about this for a while. Apparently on their website, they had uh, you can sign up for two different email um, newsletters. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the album is called The Astonishing, and it will be an elaborate concept double album with each disc representing opposing sides of a futuristic societal war, which is what goes into the whole newsletter thing. If you sign up for one newsletter, you get the, the story from that side. If you sign up for the other newsletter, you get the story from that side. If you go to Metal Sucks or Metal Injection, they have both of their emails because, of course, these guys are fanboys, and they sign up for both of them, and they post them online. Um uh, I was going to say, you do not want prog nerds facing off against oh, each other. Holy dude. shit. I read like the first like three or four sentence of, sentences of one of these emails. It is like a, it's like a mini novel. Uh, th- there is this, this whole concept is huge. It's, I can't wait. I'm stoked. Because uh, apparently the last concept record was just uh, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. That was the last time they did a concept record. Which, which only half of it was the concept. Well, it was the second half, the, yeah. the 42 minute long song, right? Yeah. yeah. So, either way. Well, considering the fact that they kind of reuse lines a couple of times, I was like, does, every, does everything have a running theme? <laughs> what is this? But, um, but still, I'm, I'm, I love Dream Theater. I really like the last two records. Mm-hmm. With, the, the ones I haven't heard yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suggest you, you listen to them because I think they're really good. Um, they're still maintaining a lot of heaviness. 
actually, I think they're trying to get a little bit heavier now. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about Mike Mangini being a fantastic drummer, replacing Mike Portnoy, and to the point where now it's just like, it's just Dream Theater now. It's not Dream Theater with a new drummer. It's just Dream Theater. It always was, I think. I I think think the last two records, they they always had to... Because Mike Portnoy was also a big writer for the for the band. Now, you know, John Petrucci is probably taking over a lot more of the uh, the reins on that one. Yeah, I I feel like the the the, the bigger writers, the biggest writers in the band were uh, Petrucci, Portnoy, and uh, I think My Young had a good significant. He doesn't talk on stage. He doesn't talk in general, but he he he, he, he writes music. He, he speaks through the music. Yeah, he speaks through his fingers as he's sitting there, like not moving his body, but his fingers are kind of just going a mile a minute. Yeah, freaking phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to to it as well. It just I haven't kept up with them in a while because like I got a I got a little bored with them after a while. I, well, that's why I think you need to listen to the last two records because yeah. you, you know they changed things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They they definitely start showing some of their um, their influences a little bit closer to the top. There, I think there's one track on the on the newest record that I swear to God is a Rush song. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> okay. But there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So um, definitely looking forward to that one. The Devil You Know, we we met, we just talked about them before. We couldn't get their album, but they released a cover of Eye of the Tiger this week. I don't want to care. I don't, I don't want to hear about this one. Dude, it was great. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> no, because you know what? I, I had heard about this, and then a couple of hours later, I get a I get a message from Pat that says, dude, it beat us to the punch because Pat and I have been planning a metal cover of Eye of the Tiger for like five years. You know what's really funny about that is that my my bassist, Dennis, when I was in a band, we always wanted to cover Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. And Psycho Stick did it. No. Diecast did it. We saw them. We saw Diecast live with uh, Seven Dust long time ago. Okay. And they started playing that, that you know, that guitar bam, line. Bam, bam, bam. No, they played that guitar line at the end of Top Gun. I if you ever see the end of Top Gun, there's that there's like that guitar in the background. It's like this harmonized, like real like melodic thing going on. They start playing that, and Dennis and I look at each other like, they're not gonna do it. They can't. No. And then the, the of course he said the line, "I got a need, a need for speed." And then bam, danger zone. I'm like, fuck, God, fuck, because <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it bummed me out completely. Yeah, I, I feel like Danger Zone has become a bigger thing in recent years, especially because of like Archer and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago when we watched um, College University and they did the Fourth of July episode where they were doing the volleyball montage. Yes, yes. I, I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I I feel like it's a bit much now. But quick thing before we move on, um, the Eldritch album I was talking about before. One of the tracks in the album is called Danger Zone. I was like, Power Metal, metal Band covering Danger Zone? I want to hear it. It right. wasn't Danger Zone. It Damn was, it. It was their own original song. So Missed like, opportunity. I was like, guys, you're killing me, guys. Why would you do that? There are certain ti- there are certain titles that you can't name your tracks anymore. That's one of them. You can't name a track Don't Stop Believing anymore because you know what? <laughs> Everyone's going to think it's fucking dirty. <laughs> so, you know, there, there are certain things you just can't do anymore. We don't need another hero. You can't call a song We Don't Need Another Hero because I might cut you if you do. Yeah, right. Ah, speaking of covers, and Howard Jones covering things from the '80s, Killswitch Engage 
we reported a couple weeks ago that they are mixing their new album. Apparently, they are eyeing a March 2016 release. No f- official date yet, but that's what they're that's what they're aiming for, which is awesome. I cannot wait for a new Killswitch Engage record. I'm okay with that. So it's already looking like a big, big, big year already. Also, because the Cult have completed a new album for a February 5th release. Uh, more details to come on that as far as, um, you know, whatever. Can I just say something here? Go ahead. I fucking love the cult! Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Apparently it's only their ninth record. Um, that might be right. They've been around no, for a while, no, though, is no, that? No, that? No, nine. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, they, they, they've okay. been around for a while, but just, like, they haven't released that many albums because they had a couple of hiatuses and... I think like there was like, at least six years between their self-titled and Beyond Good and Evil, and then another like eight years between that and mm. um, Beyond um, Good and Evil, though. Oh God, what was it? Oh, not not Choice of Weapon, but either way, they they have like long times between then like albums, and especially considering that Ian Asbury in the uh, early millennial time did um, Doors of the Twenty First yes, Century. that's right. So they had they had a lot of downtime. So, but fucking the cult is so good. So, I love that dude's voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I he, mean, if if I ever if if Jim Morrison was in a metal band, that's exactly what it would sound like, and it's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. One album I didn't write in here because I just read about it. I think it was earlier this morning. Um, it was announced. Tobias from Avantasia announced another guest vocalist on his upcoming album. Uh, Sharon from Within Temptation, who is one of my favorite female vocalists out there right now. But along with that came an album title and a release date. The album title is called Ghost Lights, and it's coming out January 29th, 2016. I'm okay with the title. I'm okay with the release date. And Sharon's involvement is no surprise, considering that she's been on at least one of his albums before. Yeah, he said that it's, uh, it's her first appearance since uh, 2000. So it's the first time she's been on his record in 15 years. Yeah. So, so, but still awesome. So I'm very cool with that. So, all right. So that's recording news. Moving on to touring news. All right. Cradle of Filth is hitting the road with Butcher Babies and a band. I'm going to butcher their name, but here we go. Nay. Oblivascaris. Thank you. Say that again. So I'm not just talking over you. Nay Oblivascaris. Uh, I'm not even going to say if that's 100% correct. It sounds a lot better than what I was about to say. Oblivious Scaris. All right. Uh, there is a San Antonio date for uh, all those interested, like myself and Daniel. Uh, they're playing here on February 12th at the Aztec Theater, which we will be checking out next Friday. You know, I- I'm actually, like, I'm not a huge fan of Cradle of Filth. I know, like, maybe one track, and it's probably a cover of Iron Maiden. <laughs> I would just go see them just to... Just to say to go, you saw. Just, just to go see them, because, you know, I-, I-, I know that they... They have really amped up their sound in in the last few years, and they they really added a lot of more symphonic elements and everything. Mm-hmm. I'd go see it just to go see it. So that may that may be of interest in the coming months. And uh, the apparently one of the members. Of, this is just a side note. This can kind of get off off topic, but uh, say the band's name again. <laughs> Nay Oblivascaris. Yeah, one of the members of that band um, apparently had a job that paid him one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year that he quit to be in this band. So, good for him, I guess. 
This you know, band I, better be fucking good. Yeah, bro. right. <laughs> $150,000 a year. I don't know if I could pass that up. But, um, you know, that's one thing. Um, speaking of Dream Theater, they will be performing their new album in its entirety, both discs, on a short American tour, which is a bold strategy, kind of. I hope it works out for them. <laughs> 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 it's gotta be the hair cotton feathered and beautiful <laughs> I've been waiting all week to use that line you have no idea <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great goddamn line that has so many applications yes it does alright Voivod is hitting the road in February with Vector and 8 eight balls no dates yet uh, I would again. Vo- Voivod is another one that's been around for a while. They've been around like, for a long I, time. I'd like, I'd like to go see them. I like the one album I have of theirs is the one that Jason Newstead was on. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. So it, just to say that I saw Voivod would probably be a pretty cool thing. Um, apparently, Megadeth is hitting the road in February. There's no dates yet. There's no support acts announced yet. Although it is uh, stated that it should be a four band package. So, they, they tend to they, they tend to pick up some good bands for their tours. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing what their their four band package will be. Yeah, they should just tour with Angra. <laughs> four bands, huh? I wonder if there'd be some big four bands. No, 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 <laughs> no, because because they shouldn't be touring with Metallica because Metallica needs to get their fucking asses in the goddamn studio <laughs> and finish that fucking album. Well, they are actually in the studio. It's just shut the fuck up. <laughs> No, I saw the video. They they launched a new website this week, um, and I saw a video that James is actually in the studio recording shit with a with another producer, not going with Rick Rubin again. They got another producer in there, uh, and they were recording guitar lines. So, why it's going to take fucking a year and a half to do? I don't know. I'm just imagining a video of like each guy sitting there in their own respective room where they were supposed to be recording and just scratching their balls. <laughs> That's, that's all I'm seeing. Well, Lars was the one who was hosting the video. He wasn't doing shit. He's sitting so. there with one of the drumsticks scratching his balls. That's all I'm seeing right now. All right, moving along. Speaking of Megadeth, former Megadeth guitarist Marty Freeman has been touring the U.S. for the first time in a long time. He's added some more tour dates. Um, he will be here in San Antonio February 11th at a place called Fitzgerald. I'm so going to sound like a broken record and say, I'd go see that. Dude, I mean, I've he's a fucking shredder. It'd be great to see. Um, last week, or the week before, I forget which one it was, um, we announced that Born of Osiris's uh, guitarist broke his foot, and they had to drop off the tour that they were on. I, I can't remember. It was, it was with on. it was with Gore and uh, Battlecross. Okay, um, but apparently. Uh, he's got, they're going to be back on the road uh, starting November 15th after the guitarist gets cleared by the doctors. So, you know, they're probably going to put him in a boot, tell him not to jump around too much. <laughs> yeah, stay away from those drum risers, motherfucker. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why don't you lay off the booze, dipshit? <laughs> all right, moving on. We're not assuming anything about that guy. No, we're not, not at all. Not at all. Here's a band celebrating a long time in the metal world. Overkill, um, our favorite Bobby Blitz, he owes an ass kicking to our friend Pat. Anyway, uh, they are performing two of their classic albums in their entirety in a special concert in Germany on April sixteenth. First one is going to be Horoscope, which is celebrating its twenty fifth anniversary. The second one is Feel the Fire, which is celebrating its thirtieth anniversary. 
Um, this show will be recorded for a future DVD release. Now, I'm going to say that I have Horoscope. It's one of the few Overkill albums that I have, and it's fucking fantastic. So hearing that album in its entirety would be awesome. All right, moving on. Luca Turilli's Rhapsody and Primal Fear are hitting the road for a co-headlining tour starting April 28th in New York City. More dates to come. Now, that is not a show that I would like to see. That is a show that I will see because erections. Yes. Because, Everyone shut up. Well, yeah. Primal Fear, <laughs> Primal Fear is definitely one of the bands that I need to see, period. Um, and I like Rhapsody. They're not like an absolute must, but... But that's like a that's like a power metal like just orgasm right Oh yeah, there. absolutely. So. Yeah, but like power like but Primal Fear is definitely like, as I'm sitting here taking out a lot of the bands that are on my bucket list, Primal Fear is rising to the top. So uh, this that'll definitely be something I need to do. So check once out. we see King Diamond next week, they move up just another notch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once King Diamond's done, it's like there's a very few bands I've got left as like the absolute necessities, like like the the Push down old ladies, punch babies. Like. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few left on that list. All right, last one up I got for some touring news. Um, Five Finger Death Punch and Rival Sons have been handpicked to uh, support Black Sabbath in Australia. What? Right? What? Right? What? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know about Rival Sons. I, I keep hearing that there are like a lot of. Um, people's new favorite favorite new bands uh-huh. um and like i said i don't know anything about it but i just can't see five fingers death punch and black Sabbath sharing the same stage what it doesn't seem right have geezer just just, just open up the show with geezer <laughs> right get or Bert or see bell up there or you just get just get uh you know didn't uh glenn hughes do an album with iomi just do that yeah just do that yeah i even found out this was what I found out earlier when I was researching stuff about Tony Martin. Tony Martin's guitar player for a solo band did an album with Glenn Hughes, which was the Voodoo Hill album that came out like a month ago, which I had mentioned. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do that? What? Maybe some, like, sparks will fly. It's like, holy shit, we should totally get Glenn Hughes back in the band. Let's get Tony Martin back in the band. Let's do stuff. I hate you, Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> you make me so sad. But I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Keep going. Uh, well, that's all I got for news. All right, as a whole. Okay. That was a pretty good one. All right. And next segment is heavy metal in the charts, which there seems to be a lot of fun stuff going on around here. There's a lot of random noodling. <laughs> yes, noodles. noodles. Noodles, noodles, noodles. All sorts of noodles. Well, unfortunately for the... For this week, um, you have to go all the way down to 46 to get your first metal. Actually, I'm sorry. You have to get all the way down to 51 to get your first metal band, and that is Five Finger Death Punch with the last record, Got You Six. Uh, they slipped down again from 46 down to 51. Which is still not bad. Just outside top 50 out of 200. Pretty damn good. Um, Coheed and Cambry, who is our big uh, debut album last week at number 10, uh, they slipped down to 61. Still, out of 100, not bad. Born of Osiris, they debut at number 67. That's... that For a band like that, that's pretty respectable. Yeah. So it's, um, a, it's a good job breaking your foot, bro. Yeah, right? <laughs> good job. Striper, who was uh, on, up there on 44 last week, completely off. <laughs> 
Disturbed, Immortalized, still on the charts. And they got a rise from 89 to 72. So they probably got a couple extra streams in there. Yeah. Now here's the big one for the week. The fucking Black Album, who made its re-entrance into the charts last week at 195, is all the way back up to number 73. Spotify is playing a whole lot of Enter Sandman. And it's, it's marked as the biggest percentage gainer of the week. I would I would assume so, because I can't think of anything else. That, would There's, that is incredible. To jump up 123 spots in a week of a 20-year-old album? <laughs> uh, I, I can see it, though, because it's where, like, you know, People just listen to the radio and they play the entire fucking album on the radio and they go, oh, I'd rather hear that track right now instead of this particular track. And it's still crazy. I mean... Um, Bring Me the Horizon, that's the spirit. That's their latest record is uh, down from 77 down to 86. Mm-hmm. Journey and Bob Marley greatest hits are at 104 and 105 respectively. Both of them are on the rise. But totally not metal. I just bring it up because of that whole cla- the whole greatest hits classic rock thing that we we talk about every that, week. It would for the be charts. cool. It would be cool if Bob Marley and the Skindred album were right right next to each other. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, Queen's <gasps> greatest hits one, two, and three. A uh, little slip on their end from one eleven down to one seventeen. That's that's an interesting one because again we were talking about how like you know when they play a certain track from an album they're always going to count the greatest hits. Queen's lucky that they have all three of them in one shot. Yeah. Although I don't think number three is worth much. Number one and two are the important ones. Master of Puppets still on the charts. Just, uh, they went up, actually. No, wait, I lied. They went down from 131 to 134. Oh, no. Five Finger Death Punch, Wrong Side of Heaven, Volume 1, back on the charts at 145 after not being on the charts last week. Um, and Justice for All, still on the charts, 149. That makes three albums for Metallica. Foo Fighters and Guns N' Roses' greatest hits are at 158 and 161, respectively, and they both on a little bit on the slide. Re-entrance into the charts here, Aerosmith, greatest hits at 185. Wasn't on the charts last week. I guess a lot of Dream Ons. A lot of Dream On, maybe some Sweet Emotion. Walk this way. Too bad it's not Kings and Queens. It's my favorite Aerosmith song. Yeah, I was gonna say like there's there's a couple of songs on there that they include that like no one really remembers. It's like aside from Kings and Queens, a short version of Kings and Queens, which is on the Greatest Hits album. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, remember Walking in the Sand is a great goddamn yes, song. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that I, that was the, the Greatest Hits record is the one that got us into Aerosmith anyway. That's the one that Dad got us both. Separately, I bought that myself. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, it was big ones, big ones big, that I got. Big, ones, That's big right. ones is the one that I got. I bought greatest hits in the when I first got CDs. Big ones was the first one, and then I bought four more before Dad said you need to buy somebody else because I'm fucking tired of hearing Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Aerosmith is awesome. Yes. Uh, Back in Black still on the charts, one ninety one because a whole bunch of people have been watching Iron Man and Iron Man Two. Yes. And then this week's from out of nowhere. Kid Rock, Devil Without a Cause. Because Ba with the Ba. Ba with the Ba. You know what? 195. You know what? Like, I have more of a problem with later Kid Rock when he just you know decided to... 
when he was be one a of those country first, boy from when Detroit. He, when he was one of those first guys to really go country and just kind of just like pave the way for everyone else to go country. By the way, Steven Tyler's country song sucks a ball. <laughs> I wouldn't even assume that he would do anything good country. I, I, I had to listen to it at work, and I was like, oh, man. I you really had was, to listen to it? Because somebody had the country channel on. Oh, okay. Watching it. I was like, man, I really wish somebody would come over here and punch me in the face right now. <laughs> well, some people have made the successful crossover. Aaron Lewis has done it. Kid hey, Rock the, has the done thing it. Is, the thing is... Successful, yes. Is it actually any good? No. Uh, I don't listen to much country at all. I really try not to. So okay, let's just, let's just you know what's that. you know what's good country live country. Go to a, go to like a we went to the rodeo a couple years ago. Oh. There was a country band playing. That was awesome. Okay. I'm not gonna go out on my way to listen to it on the goddamn radio. Though. No, no, no. <laughs> when 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 you're in a situation where you're forced to listen to it, maybe, 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 but. No. Anyway, on to the next thing, which is our social media highlight. And by our, I don't mean mine, because I did not do one this week. Again. I I, I, I can give you an explanation. Monday, I edited the podcast and posted it. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was out by night. Thursday, I was looking at new releases. And today's Friday. It's Friday. Fuck, it is Friday. God it is Friday. It. It's not Saturday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. Technically, it is Saturday. See, that's like almost 1 a.m. Eat all sorts of dick. <laughs> Big old bag of dick, right. Well, we can we can blame, we can blame loudness for that one. <laughs> Which we didn't even get to see. Anyway. Yep. So, social media highlight. Go. Under Night's Cover. Which sounds sexy. Right? Trapped in this prison of time, there is no way to They're from Sydney, Australia. They gave me a follow on um, Instagram, and I was intrigued by them. Uh, so I checked them out. They have a debut EP called Mar- "The March of Averns." The March of Averns. It's available for streaming on their Bandcamp page. Uh, they are really heavy with a dash of prog and a heaping spoonful of thrash. That's a mer- metaphorical spoonful. Oh yeah. Uh, they have clean vocals though, so it's not like uh, it's not like an overkill style vocal, and it's not like a death metal style. I vocal. feel blood rushing down to my lower. Yes, <laughs> yes, you would definitely dig this, especially <laughs> my favorite track of the album or the EP was the track "Depraved." It's over eight minutes long, and my god, the leads in this fucking song. <laughs> Oh, gotta check it out. Um, Facebook.com slash Under Nights Cover. Instagram at Nights Cover Australia. Twitter at UNC Metal. 
And of course, Bandcamp. Uh, I did not write that down. It's probably going to be uh, under nightscover/bandcamp.com. Yeah, and that is nights again, uh, as in yes, as, as in time of day. Yes, N I G H T. Yes. So, and under as in from the land down under. No, no, no. That's not what it is. <laughs> I just had to yeah. do it. I just had to do right it. Don't fuck out. <laughs> Yo, dog. I heard you like your puns. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Even, even <laughs> we haven't even posted it, this yet, and I can hear the band going. Oh, <laughs> we're not going to get an extra follow from that. <laughs> I apologize on uh, on the behalf of the Shred Shack for that very bad joke. I am sorry. Uh, before we go into our discussion for this week, uh, we're going to go into a little bit of a new segment that will happen whenever we get the chance to do it, um, where we do band interviews. And by we, I do not mean Chris or myself. Um, this past week, Pat and Reese had the opportunity to go see Blind Guardian and Gravedigger fuckers. in New York City. Yes, fuckers. Fuck them. And they got to see them for free. Fuck you. And from the pictures they took, they were pretty goddamn close to Blind Guardian. Yeah, so, so, so straight up, fuck you guys. Yeah, you know, the, the, the hardest possible dick. Yeah, all sorts of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, but they did have the opportunity to interview one of the members of Gravedigger. Um, so we're actually going to play that interview in... What is likely going to be the fullest capacity, I have to edit it after the fact, but we're going to play that right here, right now, and then we're going to come back and continue the rest of the podcast. So here is Pat's interview with one of the members of Gravedigger. 89.7 FM, IWCWP.org. Pat and Reese here, backstage at Webster Hall. We're talking with Chris from Gravedigger, man. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. You're welcome. Did you you just get here? We just got here ourselves. So uh, how long have you been in the building? Uh, we arrived yesterday in the afternoon, and we make a, a visit here to New York, stayed overnight in the bus, and now we are here to rock the house. Now, I was looking because I was trying to see the last time you guys were here. The only thing I could come up with was in B.B. Uh, King's in 2008. Has it really been that long since you've been to New York? Yeah, it was the last time. We only played three shows in the, in the past here in, in the state in 2004, in Cleveland and in Phoenix, in Arizona, and yeah, in 2008 here in the B.B. King's. I've uh, I've heard because I was looking before with an interview with uh, the guys from Powerwolf. They said there's not a lot of demand here for uh, a lot of European bands in North America. Do you have that feeling? Do you stick with most of the European shows? I think it's it's not uh, easy to play uh, here in America for European bands, and uh, I think the package is really uh, exciting for the bands uh, for the fans outside uh, Blind Guardian and Gravedigger, and the attendance uh, for the show is really high in the moment here, and I think that is our luck. And also a very good combination for Blind Guardian. You're here supporting, you know, Blind Guardian, who we've been huge fans of for many years now. Uh, but Hansi's appeared on a few of your albums over the years. Like, uh, what's it like working with him all the time? Uh, we have a really good relationship, and uh, since Jones of War, we are in a really good uh, uh, relationship together. And uh, from time to time, I ask him. He did some vocals also on Excalibur, and uh, then the Rebellion thing with us together in uh, 2010. Yeah, and it's fine to be with Blind Guy on tour after all these days. <laughs> yeah, we were going to ask you when we get to the uh, the stuff for uh, the new uh, Exhumation album, we were wondering why uh, songs from Tunes of War like Rebellion weren't on there, and then we remember you did re-record that in 2010 with Hansi and Van Canto. What was that like? Uh, Van Canto, we also have a really good relationship because they did some uh, background vocals on our records too, like Hansi did in the, in the past. And uh, yeah, when we did this uh, show together, 
in 2010, we also decided to do this one as a as a uh, audio track, you know, with all the members from the show together, and uh, yeah, it worked really well outside for the for the public. Now, uh, you guys put out an album uh, last year, Return of the Reaper, and uh, how's the reception been for that one so far? Because I felt it had like a, a much more classic sound to it than uh, past releases for the past couple of years. Yeah, when we finished this uh, Clash of Gods tour and uh, all the promotion for this album, we said no concept CDs anymore. We are finished now with that, and we want to be back with uh, where all this uh, career started with Gravedigger, the sound of Gravedigger. And uh, then we did uh, Return of the Reaper, which uh, was a huge uh, success uh, worldwide. And then we decided to, to because there's a different lineup since all over the years now, and then we decided to make uh, this Exhumation Records with uh, the songs from the 80s playing with the lineup now. Um, Exhumation celebrates 35 years of the band's history. Uh, what do you think has changed the most about the band over the years? I think that we, uh, in, the, in the 90s, we moved from this straight heavy melt sound more to this, uh, with a little bit more of this epic stuff in, 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 in the music with all this uh, concept, uh, in the lyrics. And... Uh, I think with Return of the Reaper, we're stepping back now to our roots, or to our own roots, which uh, we grow up with in the 80s, you know. And uh, that is uh, the direction we're also following on the next one. And uh, I think uh, for us it's a good way because uh, now we are not bounded in this uh, <laughs> concept CD, lyric, uh, yeah. <laughs> epic uh, stuff. Do you prefer playing the classic type stuff, or do you prefer the concept albums? I know they're harder to make, and they're harder to, you know, come up with more and more tracks for each of them. But which would you prefer making? Uh, the first, more the classic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> A lot more free reign. Yeah, yeah, yeah because you you can do it without frontiers, and uh, that is uh, for us it's uh, easier to uh, compose and to write lyrics and everything. So we are following this way. So it's been 35 years since you guys started. Let's say, just for sake of argument, band goes another 35 years. Where do you want to see the band progress? Where do you want to see it lead to? Let's talk about the next five or ten. <laughs> <laughs> now, what we're doing is uh, we have already the new record in our head, and we start working on it uh, in February when we finish the Return of Reaper tour. And uh, then we're making plans for a festival next year, and uh, we have uh, signed a new record deal. We extended the record with Napalm Records uh, so far with uh, about another three records. And everything uh, looks good for the band. So uh, we are happy. We are full of energy. Looks the show tonight. <laughs> and you will see what I mean. Uh, thank you very much for talking to us. Uh, Grape Diggers Exhumation, the early years, is out right now. Came out last week. Also out is Return of the Reaper. So please pick up both of those. Chris, thank you so much for giving us some time to talk to us. Thank you, my friends. All right, so that was Pat's interview, and now we're going to move on to our actual discussion part uh, of the podcast, which we had considered a few weeks ago, which um, Loudwire, where we got our uh, list from last week of the 21 bands that are always prepared for Halloween, um, they released a list of the top 50 vocalists of rock and heavy metal. Um, again, this does include rock, so therefore some names will be a little bit out of place here, perhaps. But let's just kind of you know hold it all together here and, 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 and not just flip shits like I'm going to when I hear everything. I actually haven't seen this list yet except for the top uh, – except for numbers 50, 49, and 48. So my 
reactions, if any, will be very much real. Yeah, yours is going to be very visceral. Yes. I went through the list very quickly early on, and that's why I decided that I'm not going to go one by one and start writing stuff down like we usually do. Uh, we're actually going to just go through the list and pretty much give our reaction to each individual member on the list and see how we feel about it. Um, but I can guarantee you guys that Daniel will be happy with the number one um, and probably like the probably the, the top five. I think he will be stoked about. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have a bucket here to catch any venom. So yes, we, we but just... we we will be discussing everyone else from six down. Uh, starting off with number fifty, Surge Tankin from System of a Down. I'm okay with that. Not necessarily the number because I don't know who's ahead of him, but I think that he is a great vocalist, um, very versatile. Um, I also think we need to kind of not this. I don't think this has to do with just vocally, mm-hmm. especially when you get to some of the other ones. When you when you hear some of the other guys on the list, um, it's for front men. So there's got to be a sense of showmanship here too. Okay, so the so list actually says top hard rock metal front men. Front men. Okay, so this is not just how well you sing. This is also how well you you can front the band if you can kind of be a crowd pleaser and all that kind of shit. Yeah. So, so search tanking definitely. Yeah. Especially, um, I don't know if you ever seen him solo, but his solo band was really yeah, we saw good. Him with Foo oh, the Foo Fighters. That's right. You were yeah. there. There. Yeah. yeah. He's 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 definitely got some some entertainment chops. Yeah. He, he, he just kind of suck you in. So. Number forty nine, Jonathan Davis. Okay. Now, like I said, I had seen fifty, forty nine, forty eight, and going from fifty to forty nine, I was pissed off because <laughs> I don't think Jonathan Davis should be above Serge Tankin. Especially on a singing level, yes. I don't think Jonathan Davis is as good as a frontman because, uh, like, I don't think he has, I don't think he has the charisma. I don't think he, don't think he commands a stage as, as Serge Shankin does, so I don't no. know why he's above him like that. So, no. all right, we got HR from Bad Brains. Uh, not familiar enough with Bad familiar, Brains, so. thing, but I'm sure if it's on the list, it's got to be something worthwhile. Yep. So definitely something I'm gonna have to look forward to looking into now. Yes. Only because it's the second time we've mentioned Bad Brains this week. Yes. So and then I, I've I've heard some of their material and it's been good, but obviously you know like I'm aware of their legacy, but not enough of like more specifics like that. Number forty-seven, um, Odorous Arungus from Guar. I know that. David Brocky's enough of a was it Dave Brocky? Dave Brocky. Dave Brocky. Dave Brocky's was enough of a character, and Guar had enough of an odd reputation that I I have. I would enough. put him. I would probably put him at fifty because I don't think he's a singer. No, definitely not you know? really a singer. It's it's it's. The I mean that that's it. where the the theatrical part of being a frontman comes in. Yeah, that gets him like they, up like, to forty seven. He has that in spades, but also be even beyond. Even beyond singing, even beyond live performances, he is a character. Yes. And, yeah. and he, like, I'm imagining, like, how does Guar carrying on now without that, that character in the front of the band? Uh, apparently, they're doing quite well. I yeah, mean, they're still touring. They're, they're still touring yeah. under the, the Guar name. Um, I, you know, I have a friend of mine who goes to see Guar every time they come around, and I don't think he's complained about them missing a step at all. Okay. So, it, you know, good on them. So, moving on, number forty-six, Al Jorgensen from Ministry. I'm okay with that. I uh, I like Ministry. Yep. So I can t- I can deal with that. Yep. 
Number 45, and I'm very disappointed by the 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 number here, Mike Patton. See, every single time I, I think about it, I'm like, huh, no, no, wait, this is rock and metal. I feel like he should be higher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I, I'm I'm disappointed by the low number. Yeah, I mean, it's more so a matter of me hearing what comes after him and saying like, okay, but I don't. I, I, well, I also I, like. I also think of him as the, like he's the frontman of multiple different rock and metal bands. Yeah. So and they're all different. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. So he has to be a different even, vocalist or a different frontman in each one. Even like, even if you were to just take Faith the more, even now, he's still got a good amount of energy, amount of charisma, talks on stage, does good for that. Back in the day, he had a ton of energy. You watch him back in like uh, in the days of uh, the real thing. He just comes out on stage, long fucking hair in his fucking underwear, and just knocks it out of the park. He had, he had it all there. I, I, I feel like you should be higher on this list. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the the next 44 better be fucking good to push him back that far. Well, number 44, Glenn Danzig. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you throw Danzig up there. <laughs> I, I really I want to see Danzig live because he's getting to be old as fuck now. 60. 60. But I like Danzig to an extent. And I really want to see how he performs live. Yeah, that would have to be the the, the tell all on that one. Yeah, because you're not going to see any cameras of it. Because you know he'll beat you up for that. Yeah, I mean he's he's on that list of pushing down old ladies and punching babies to go <laughs> see them at this point. Of course, I didn't get to go see him in Austin, and now he's you know half retiring from touring. Fuck ass motherfucker. <laughs> Number forty three, and it's another one I'm actually. I'm actually disappointed in his number, but I think I can understand why. Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. He's a great singer, but he looks like a boring fuck on stage. I remember we got to see, we saw him sing for Audio, Audio Slave, Slave, and um, he sounded good. He's just not very much of a... He's not, he's not an interactor. Yeah, not, not really. You know, there's no showmanship there. I mean, he his showmanship's he, in his voice. Even... Um, I was looking up some video stuff for um, for our poster video, our second poster video, which is happening, still coming, happening someday. And I'm like, the video I ended up using for the video, uh, okay, the video clip I ended up using for the poster video, like I wasn't even sure about using it because it sounded like it kind of sounded like crap. He was just kind of sounded bored and out of tune. I was like, are you even trying? I mean, it was also an older one. Yeah. So maybe like it was before they really hit the big time, and he was like, "Oh shit, I should probably you know play the role of being awesome." I don't know. Yeah, like like I said, for Chris Cornell, I always I, I always appreciate his voice much more than I would appreciate his performance. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, I don't think I ever heard much about him being a, a performer. Yeah. So. This guy though, Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins as a front man should be in the top 10 because he even if he's not a great singer he gave it his all every, every single, time. single time that is what a front man should be if you're not particularly good at your craft fucking fake it <laughs> yeah, fucking own it regardless which which if you've never seen him do his uh his quote unquote stand up oh his spoken word go, shit yeah go watch on youtube the his his story of his uh his rivalry with Iggy Pop 
he does like a whole 10 minute thing about just this whole couple of years where he was trying to top Iggy Pop. That's hard. Yeah. And, and he basically talks about how he failed every goddamn time. And it's a, it's a great story. It's a great thing about like just, just trying to be, you know, a, a great music, like a great musician or a great front man and just paling in comparison to the best. It's a great story. But again, he, he gives everything he possibly can. And he, again, he's not a great singer, but he will knock it. He will just knock it out yep. just because for the sake of fucking rock and roll. So I think he should be much higher just for that very much fact. Well, I'm I'm actually kind of pleased with this one. Uh, D. Snyder, number 41. I have not seen enough live stuff for them, but I grow to appreciate D. Snyder more and more as time goes on because just... You know, because he's still doing it. He's still doing it. His his voice is pretty good. Like he's not a he's not a fantastic singer, but he's a great rock singer. Yeah, yeah. And 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 again, as time goes on, I appreciate his his legacy more and more. So, number forty, um, and this guy, as far as I'm concerned, in the '90s was the shock rock frontman, Marilyn Manson. Again, it was more of a theatrical thing. That's why I'm 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 am st- still cool with him at being number forty. Yeah, I mean, it's keep keep it low, but yeah, don't don't put him up in the upper echelons of actual performers. He is, he's a, he's an actor. He's not a singer. Yeah, yeah. All right, number thirty nine, Lane Staley. Great singer. Um. Perhaps not a particularly showy front man. Well, have we ever seen anything uh, live of his that's not unplugged? Maybe one video. I'm just I'm just curious because I've never seen anything of theirs live that's not the unplugged where he's you know high as shit. See, the, the, the the good thing about him though is like despite the fact that the band was very much downtrodden, him in particular. A lot of charisma. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, like they—they they were like the most positive downtrodden band out there, and he was—he was definitely like even outside of the band, outside of live setting, outside of the music itself, he was a charismatic person. Um, so, in that, you've—you've you've done pretty well in putting him at thirty-nine. But I guess we have to see live stuff, see if he was a little bit more. Because you know, he—he he did like for the, like the live album that they had, he did sound good. He sounded energetic. Um, so, it's, I guess that warrants a little more research. Yeah. So. Here's one I'm very disappointed in the number. Number 38, King Diamond. I'll have an answer for you next Friday. Yes! <laughs> very good answer. Very good answer, because we will finally be seeing the king next Friday That's here right. in San Antonio. Yeah, be performing fun. Abigail in its full. And then a few other songs. And then a few other songs. Yep. And we will definitely be recording the I Saw Show immediately after that one. Yes, that that will definitely be a thing because reasons. Number 37. Definitely should not be above King Diamond. Rob Zombie. As far as the full-on package, I would say yes. Actually, over be- the King Diamond, I I find his voice to be more accessible than King oh, Diamond. Oh, I, I can see that. I see his voice more accessible musically. It's more accessible. 
um, you know, the stage show is a little more energetic and fun. Um, so yeah, I think I, can, I think his is a little bit more campy and fun. Yeah. While King Diamond is a little bit more serious, I guess you would say, and a little bit more, a little scarier. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I again, I think it's the accessibility that makes Rob Zombie a little bit higher on the list. Um, but he's still he puts on a great performance. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disparaging him about his performance or his number. I'm just thinking like, why would he be above King Diamond? But all those things you said perfectly makes sense. I, I think King Diamond is significantly more of a legend to our music, but as far as a face goes, Rob Zombie. So you know he's 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 more out there. He's um, tried his hand at a few more things. I'm I I can see this being I can I can see them putting them on the list higher. And I'm okay with it. It's not like he's significantly higher. He's yeah, one, he's one spot higher. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Here's where the rock plays into effect. Here, number thirty-six, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Yeah, well, I've seen Pearl Jam, and uh, we've seen Pearl Jam together. Yes. And I mean, sure, he's he's a good singer. He's great for that band. Frontman? No. <laughs> maybe, maybe like you know, in the early '90s, maybe it was a little bit more exciting. But I, I, there's again, there's nothing I've heard in particular about him being a particularly great fun, yeah, like, fun yeah. man. No, like, down with Ticketmaster, great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number thirty-five. Getting to the punk here, Joey Ramone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He kind of just kind of stood back there with the microphone in his hand and, and sung over three chords. But, but the thing is, you know, any Ramones <laughs> fan, we saw we saw it tonight with Monkey uh, Soup covering Blitzkrieg Bop. Yeah, all of us were all about that track because of Joey Ramone. I, I don't know if it's necessarily because of him in particular, but well, the thing is, when you think of a face or a if you think about the Ramones, who's the first one you think about? Not Dee Dee. <laughs> it's Joey. Rocky Mark. <laughs> yes, I, I would. I would say yeah. But but even even so, again, I, I'm not as familiar with the Ramones with their live stuff with with their, the, the the wealth of their catalog. So I, I I can't really say anything here about them. I I, I won't comment on this one. Well, I also like the fact that I think of of all the things I heard about Joey Ramone is that he was excruciatingly shy, mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to get up on stage and do their do his thing, and you know the clips I've seen of him live, he actually did really get into it. Mm-hmm. So, and he was like six foot six, huge lanky sons of bitch up there. So, yeah, I I, I definitely think that this is this is correct here. Mm-hmm. Continuing with the rock aspect here, Perry Farrell from um, Jane's Addiction. No, uh, I, don't I just don't want, like I don't, him. I don't like him. So I don't like him. So I, again, it's not like our opinion would be wrong here. We don't like him. Yeah. Um, I think the only really song I like by him is the the song "Hot Lava" from the South Park uh, South Park soundtrack. Oh. So um, I mean, there's a couple of tracks I like from Jane's Addiction. Like I like Mountain Song. Um, Whatever, I think Mountain Song is is better because of the music. Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I I I wouldn't count it. But again, I I don't know. Well, here's one you might be able to help me out with here because you've seen him live. Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, number thirty three. I mean, 
frontman think of? I wouldn't put him above certain people. I wouldn't put him above Rob Zombie. But he does have his energy, a little bit of charisma and everything, but I... I don't think there's anything that stands well, out you, about. You saw him at Giant Stadium, yeah, but there was sold no, out show at Giant there Stadium. Was, there was nothing in particular that stood about it. Out about Is he one of those guys where he can take twenty thousand people, point at somebody, say "kill," and they'll do it? More than likely, honestly. So, yeah, that that I mean, I think that's one of those things that Gene Simmons said. So, okay. If if any member of Kiss is on this list, I might cut someone. He might be disappointed. I need a monster. <laughs> I need it now. Oh. Number 32, Tom Araya from Slayer. Yeah, why not? I, I mean, mean, yeah, he's one of those guys that, you know, people cut themselves for Slayer. He, If he told them to continue on, they, he, they just might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's pretty commanding um, without even really having to be. So, I mean... Yeah, when he starts shouting at you, you're paying attention. But, but again, that's more so a matter of, of, of his vocal performance. Like, as far as live goes, he's just there recreating the album. There's there's no significant live charisma there. So I'm not sure if I would consider him a great frontman, necessarily. Just just a powerful vocalist, Yeah, honestly. And he still sounds really good. Yeah, I, I was mentioning uh, when we talk about uh, repentless, like he just sounds a little bit higher, which is strange because usually people go lower in yeah. their age. But he just sounds a little bit higher now, which whatever if it keeps your voice going, you do whatever the hell you have to do. So probably just has to keep a constant like shout instead of trying to sing low and then scream, just yeah. shout. I wonder if he like talks very softly to his kids. Well, remember when we met him? Yeah. He knew how quiet he was. Let's just let's slow the line down. Let's right slow here. the line down. <laughs> All right, number 31, back into the rock realm here. Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because, again, good voice, lots of energy, lots of charisma, a front man through and through. Yeah, definitely so. keeps the, the crowd engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, high energy, especially nowadays. I mean, he's, they're, he's they're, pushing they're, like 50. They're, 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 they're around their 50s. Yeah, so, I mean, so. and the thing is, the last thing I saw with them live was there when they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And even then, still, yeah. up on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stage, I think he was stripped down half naked and he was still just jumping around like a crazy old 20-year-old. Yeah. So, so they, they, more power to him. They've still got it. And, and their last album, although it wasn't very well received overall it was still really fucking good yeah so they've still got a lot to give yeah so. I think uh, they're just consistently good yeah oh where's the box cutter number 30 Paul Stanley skip I, I, I have to give I have to give Paul Stanley credit I will give them credit they are charismatic Paul Stanley is a, is a good front man a little annoying when he plays live because he's screaming louder than everything else and shattering eardrums. But I will give credit where credit's due. Yeah. So, as long as Gene Simmons is not on, the, on this list, I can deal with that. Just sitting there saying like, "Yeah, we're Kiss. Rock is dead." Fuck out my face. Give me my money, <laughs> bitch. Better have it. <laughs> we have your money. We're leaving All now. All right. Number twenty-nine, Corey Taylor, Slipknot, Stone Sour. I'm cool. <laughs> Again, I, I haven't seen enough of their live stuff, but as a face, like, Corey Taylor right now is kind of a face of metal. 
Well, the thing is, I've seen Slipknot. I've also seen Stone Sour. Uh-huh. He commands that stage, and he commands that audience. Yeah, both bands. Okay. Um, he's an excellent frontman. I have seen Slipknot, but like this was also way back in the early days. Like uh, I saw Slipknot last year. Okay. After the new album came out. Okay. And he still owns it. Okay. And yeah, so yeah. I saw Stone Sour uh, right after um, Come Whenever May comes out came out I mean mm-hmm. um, and fucking dude owns it he is a great front man so I completely agree with that number 28 Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine obviously he hasn't been around much in the last 15 years but in their time I would say yeah he he could stir up a crowd yeah which was the part of the point of the band which was you know Let's get this shit going. I was like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of good with the numbers that we're getting here too. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had too much discrepancy about who's too low, um, yet, yeah, or too high. Mm-hmm. Dude, Dave Grohl, number twenty-seven. I'd almost want to put him higher. Probably depends on who comes up right. in the next few. Like I'm thinking, like. 15 and up for this guy because yeah. again like as I was saying like about Corey Taylor being a face of metal he is a face of rock yeah period um, well, he's another one just like Henry Rawlings that when he goes out he gives you his all yeah. when he goes out I mean the dude's playing in a throne with a broken foot like not even skipping a beat apparently mm-hmm. and every time I've seen this band perform I just want to be Dave Grohl's friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he's that cool and he's just that awesome and I love their music. So mm-hmm. all in all that is he is a great frontman and so the, it was great to get him from behind the kit into the front. So the next 26 better be really goddamn good if you've pushed back that. Yeah. So. Well, here's one. Just the Till Lindman from Ramstein. I know they put on a great show. I know he's great at what the band does. I just don't know enough about the rest of the bands. I can't think of the word. Live performance or like banter? I guess just just, just, just his general... Role as the front man? Yeah. I know like when people go see them... They are hypnotized. Apparently, it's a great goddamn show. Apparently, he puts on a phenomenal show. The band is fantastic. So I gotta, I guess I gotta see it from like a, a different perspective. But I, I don't know enough about the band in that regard. Yeah. I love, I love Ramstein, but yeah. And as far as me goes, they're still kind of mysterious. So well, we got an opportunity to see that coming out in the the DVD that comes out next year. Mm-hmm. So that's that'll be cool. Um, and if they come around on tour, if they're recording new music, they will come around again. So maybe we'll catch them. Yeah, hopefully. Um, not too familiar with this guy at all. Uh, heard of the name of the bands that he's in. Ian McKay from Minor Threat and Fugazi. Skip, I got nothing. No familiar. I, I got nothing. I mean, I, I know, again, I know the name of the bands, but I, I'm not... I don't know the music, so... Uh... Well, according to this, uh, he pretty much started the straight-edge movement of clean living in the hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I, I, get, I don't have anything for that. 24, 
Maynard James Keenan. I have no comment to make. I like it. Seeing Tool in a perfect circle, I think he's a good front man. So, and uh, I really would like to have seen him with Pussifer just because I, I know his character is a different for mm-hmm. uh, for that band. Yeah. So, so he has kind of like three personalities that he uses for his respective bands, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. So I I think he's a great frontman, and I don't, I'm I'm pretty pleased with the number twenty four seems about seems about right. Yeah. Let's see next number twenty three, Ian Gillian from Deep Purple. I only know so much about Ian Gillian, um, having seen them once and watching one or two live things, so I I can't really say. In the scope of you know thirty, forty, some odd years of his legacy, that I can say much here, but yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 more so a, a matter of me not having a wealth of information here. So, number twenty-two, sticking with classic rock, Roger Daltrey from the Who. I don't like the Who enough. I kind of like. Don't like the Who, <laughs> honestly. So really? I, I I just after hearing their stuff more and more, I'm like, man, I really don't like this band. Wow. A couple, a couple of songs are great, you know. Rain over me is fine. Just the rest of it, like, I got really tired of. I actually really like the Who, I really do. Um, and I think one, of, I mean, I think the whole band, except for maybe John Entwistle, who was kind of like the the John Paul Jones of that that band. They were just, they're all wild uh, on stage. And even up to this day, even though Roger Dolce doesn't sound as good as he used to, like nowhere near as good as he used to, yeah. he's still got that kind of like real charismatic frontman energy for like a 70-year-old, you know? I would, I would hope that you do. I mean, he's still doing the, the windmill thing with the, the microphone, yeah. and, you know, he still gets the, the old granny panties moving around. I mean, it's... <laughs> Getting his IV bag, <laughs> the colostomy bags, just like shaking around, <laughs> pushing that walker all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I have, I have not been a big fan of the Who, and I can't really. It, it wouldn't be on my list, but you know, this is another one where I'm kind of like I'm pleased with the number, and I'm um, everyone who's below them. Is okay, and then let's just see, keep on going here. Twenty-one, a little bit more punkish here. Uh, Joe Strummer from the Clash. Again, I know when, I, I know little about the Clash. Um, again, this is a guy who had a legacy. Um, I liked the energy of the Clash. I liked his. I like the Joe Strummer style. I've heard one or two of his solo tracks. So. I mean, based on that, I would like to say good on him, but I don't know in the grand scheme of things how he was as a front man. So yeah, and I, I think just like listen, just like reading some of the descriptions they give here is that they don't really even mention the live performances mm-hmm. all that much. That they're just talking about being the leader of a band. I think. Yeah. Uh, even on record. Um, I feel like that's not enough, though. Yeah, I so. mean, for me, it's not enough. I yeah. mean, I want when I go to see a band, I want the front man to be all encompassing and just. The power of the band live. Yeah. Speaking of which, number twenty, Trent Reznor. Speaking of being the band, yeah, being the band. Uh, the only problem is I, I I don't 
know about that one though. I, I I've never I, seen them live. I've never seen them live. I don't think I've seen live footage. I don't can't think of anything in particular that I've seen him as. He he just happens to be a guy who makes a rock band. You know. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the the live performance I've seen the most of is his Woodstock '94 performance. Mm-hmm. The covered in mud, absolute destruction of that stage kind of thing. Mm. And he seemed to own it pretty good there. Um, I think he's only gotten better with age. I think his music's a little bit more mature now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he kind of owns the, the frontman persona a little bit more now. Uh, probably back then in the 90s where it was more of like an and he wanted to be the antithesis of the front man. It, it was that 90s, like, I don't care about anything generation time. Which kind of made him more of a better front man, <laughs> to, right. be, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm i cool. I'm good with that. And... Still going with the punk thing, although I don't think he should have been this high, is Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. See, I have a huge problem with the Sex Pistols. People need to get over the Sex Pistols. They made one album. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. That album was a punk album. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) It was not really that revolutionary. There were bands before and after that probably made better punk albums. Like The Clash. Fucking get over it. (laughs) I mean, yes, they they, they came out and they were bashing bands like Led Zeppelin for being too pompous and stuff. It's like, guys, get over yourselves. Yeah. Uh I mean, he he probably was a great punk frontman in his day. Um, I just don't think he's number nineteen, like I, I, at all. It's 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 the living embodiment of Flash in a Pan. Yeah, it's, it's all I can say. Here's one that I think could have been a little bit higher, but still a respectable number. Number eighteen, Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah, the yeah preeminent hard rock frontman. Absolutely. Um, right. just there's. Nothing more you can say about Lemmy than he's fucking Lemmy. The, the the fact that he will die on the road. Yep. The fact that he you know will still carry on even now in his into his into his seventies into his seventies getting sick and still just kind of doing it. Not even taking a point where he's like I should just step back. We did a discussion about how some you know when artists should sit there and say you know it's time to call it quits. Lemmy's gonna die on the road. He is. No, no question about it. Yeah, he 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 is a frontman. He has carried that band. He sounds good. He 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 may not have too much energy on stage, even when in his younger days, but he can still grab you. Yeah, and and, and he's we've a, seen Motorhead a lot. Yeah, he's a force. Period. And he is. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is Motorhead, and he is there to play rock and roll. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he could have been a little bit higher than eighteen, but. Still, it's respectable matter, it's number. No matter what 17 yeah. and up is. So. 17 is Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and I have seen Aerosmith a couple times. Yep. Um, when I go to see an Aerosmith show, I am going to see Steven Tyler. Yeah. I mean, kind of waning in the recent years with that whole country thing, which I just <laughs> talked about a little while ago. Holy shit. But. When he does Aerosmith, he does Aerosmith right. When I started getting more into music, Aerosmith was my number one band. They are still, to me, a phenomenal band. Um, with with Steven Tyler being a fantastic front man. Uh, like you can't picture anybody else being the singer of that band. No. no. I mean, even when they were having their problems before they did the last record and they were considering getting another front man, 
they were just like you might as well just starting another band. No, he's he's got he's got look, he's got energy, he's got charisma, he's got what it needs to be a front man in American rock and roll. And he and he has carried it well. So in the same vein, David Lee Roth. The problem is that he's more destructive than he that, is. I was going to say that I, I think I would probably put him lower on the list yeah. only because of, you know, his, I like his, maybe his onstage performance is great, but it's his offstage antics that really bother me. His, his onstage um, performances way back when, because apparently now he just sucks. Like, he may have some sort of energy, but, like, he sounds terrible. And it's just like, guys, this is really sad. Yeah. Stop. Um, get get fucking Sammy Hagar back. And, like, I, I, I've never been a huge fan of David Lee Roth to begin with. Um, I think that they were, they were kicking the ass of rock and roll at their time, especially Eddie Van Halen being as... Much of a groundbreaking fanta- as he was, yeah, yeah, as groundbreaking as he was, but like I hate David Lee Roth <laughs> to an extent. Like I, I, I hate all the stupid breakdowns that he do in the goddamn songs where he just starts talking. I fucking hate those. It's so stupid. I, I don't like his voice all that much. I'm not a fan, fan of David Lee Roth. Sure, he was a great front man. I, like, are you, are you a fan of those those songs though? Some of like them. besides, besides some, some of the, some of them, yeah. Okay. But, like, all the big radio ones have those stupid breakdowns. Yeah, they do. And it's like, stop. I fucking can't stand this. Just yeah. stop. Uh, but, like, you know, songs like Panama, I, I can I can get behind and everything. But... I like their oldest stuff, where it's more just specifically rock and roll. Yeah. Like, Van Halen 1 and 2 are really good. But, like, if you want, if I want to hear, like, just songs in particular, I'll go to the Hagar era. Yeah. Like, like the... Like, as cheesy as they may be, songs like uh, Dreams and Right Now, I fucking love those songs. Yeah. I fucking prefer Sammy Hagar as a singer overall. So, I mean, David Lee Roth, you just kind of suck. <laughs> I hate you. Number 15, and I am definitely stoked about this position. I, I want him to stay right here. Philip Anselmo from Pantera and Down. Yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah. there's only one show that I've seen him where I was disappointed with his performance. That's when we saw him with Super Joint Ritual. But Super Joint Ritual was not even like that spectacular. Yeah, a band. But every time I've seen him, I've seen him with Pantera three times, and I've seen him with Down at least three times. Mm. And he is a fantastic metal frontman. Yeah, he's 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 got he he's definitely got a voice. He's got a lot of frontman charisma. He can take a fucking guitar to the face and still keep going, no problem. And he can play the motherfucker too. You ever seen him play guitar? Uh, no. Oh, dude, he wails. Yeah. He wails. Like yeah. he used to be like a shtick in the Pantera uh, shows where he would take Dimes' guitar and just like shred a solo real quick. And he is good. So, so he's multi-talented on that. So front. Uh, I'm definitely okay with that. So getting into our some of our top favorites here. Some people we've mentioned in the Halloween list. Number fourteen, Alice Cooper. Yes. Alice Cooper, I think, is a, is a front man to measure front men by. And he still, to this day, has not changed anything. He doesn't have to change anything no. because his, his, for lack of a better term, his shtick is simple. 
and he can still destroy. I think even now, um, his current guitar player, uh, Nita Strauss, yeah. I think is the name. She basically says, like, he comes off stage and he's not tired. He can keep going. He's he's good, and, and that's good for a man hitting probably hitting seventy he's, soon. He's pushing seventy, pushing seventy. And again, he's he doesn't have to exert like crazy amount of energy on stage, but he commands that shit. And he does it well. He still sounds great. I mean, Alice Cooper is one of the best ever. Period. Yeah. So that's like. Again, the next fourteen better be fucking good. To put well, you're gonna be disappointed with number thirteen, and um, I don't think you should be this high, Kurt Cobain. Skip. <laughs> I'm not gonna bitch about Nirvana right now. Fuck him. All right, number twelve though, Bon Scott. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> See, the problem is that I have that plug it in or whatever it is that box set of DVDs and I have watched some of that stuff he was fucking good <laughs> he was fucking good <laughs> um, I'm glad he's high as high as he is not 100% sure I'd put him over Alice Cooper because Alice Cooper has got the longevity mm-hmm. he's got the well you can't hold the longevity against him he died he died yes <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying that Alice Cooper has had a lot more time to progress his his wealth of material here so, but for their time, he had it all. He had the energy. He had he had the. He was just a great character, in in, in a in a band of great characters. Yeah. So, yeah, he definitely, like, if if you said that, like, if you put like Brian Johnson anywhere near him, I'm like, I'm sorry, Brian Johnson, great, you've had your time there. Bon Scott had a little bit more of that. Well, we we'll, we will get to Mr. Johnson soon. Ah. Yeah, yeah, just a spoiler alert. I, I don't think he had much of a face. But number 11, Jimi Hendrix. Pass. I think for, for his time, he was probably a great frontman. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, love, I love his music. I love everything about him, but it's just... I, I feel like he anything. spoke more through his playing and not as being a front of a band. Yeah. So I I don't because he was a horrible singer. He had a, he had a he had a decent voice, nah. a distinctive voice. But again, it's a matter of him speaking more through his instrument and not through anything else. Because yeah. he he could have just sat there and said this song is called this and that's it uh, all he spoke, <laughs> and it still would have been just fine. You, you mean I, like Joe Satriani? Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> I don't think he had I don't think he was like. A front man. He wasn't like really a face. He wasn't a crowd uh, a, a crowd rouser. He was just like, I'm gonna play this, and you're gonna get hard or wet, and that's it. <laughs> well, speaking of Brian Johnson, number ten, Brian Johnson. I like the fact that he's not so far over Bon Scott. Right. Obviously, again, it's a matter of longevity. He's had a longer time to establish this legacy, but I don't know if he had the same energy as Bon Scott. Because Bon Scott was kind of a wild man, so I think if given more time, Bon Scott would be like, another unstoppable force. So, number nine, James Hetfield from Metallica. Understandable. Yep, definitely in the top ten yep. for sure. Understandable. Yeah, uh, his voice isn't as good as it used to be, but the fact of the matter is that it doesn't even matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It's what he does on stage and. I've seen the band ten times, and my God, do they get better every time? 
and James owns that shit every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of those guys, like like I said, he can point to a motherfucker and say kill and 20,000 people will fucking do it. Yeah. So he owns it. Definitely a great, great frontman. Number eight, and I fucking hate this guy, Axl Rose. I don't want to put him high because of the fact that he is an asshole. But in their short-lived time, he did a lot to get the band going and, and get the crowd roused or be be a face of the band, for better or for worse. Again, I don't want him to be that high on the list. He should be significantly lower. But still, a front yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he should be, like, in the 40s. So Yeah, I would say so. And I think it's more the fact that if you're the front man, you should be... I think there's also a sense of responsibility to the crowd itself. Yeah. And the way he behaves. Yeah. You don't... You don't he's, you, he's a child. Yeah. And I just... I can't stand it. Yeah. And, and this is what I was talking about before Before we started this. We were talking about how... Lo- like, it's, it's, a, it's a list from Loudwire. Loudwire kind of focuses on a lot of the popular stuff. Yeah. It's what you'd... Ex- it's kind of what you'd expect from... Like, you would wonder what this list would be like if they actually asked the artists themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's what, it's like if you see a thing in Rolling Stone of, like, the top 100 albums of all time, you know, like, the first... The top 10 are going to be, like, Beatles, Springsteen, Rolling Stones, and something else. You know that. So when you see something that says, like, the top something of all time from a, um, a well-publicized um, music critique thing you know what's going to hit the top list and you know you're not always going to be happy with it mm-hmm. so Guns N' Roses Axe Rose being up there is not surprising but is not appropriate so here's one that I would I could see him staying in the spot he's in or a little bit higher mm-hmm. Ozzy where the number are we at? seven yeah yeah uh, he should definitely be up there yeah. in the top 10 at least so yeah, that's I'm, what I'm saying like the number he's at or even a little bit higher yeah, I that, can definitely that's, see that's both. absolutely fine um, Ozzy even if he doesn't sound particularly good in his older age he is still a front man he will still do everything he can to rouse that crowd until he fucking collapses yeah he's yeah. he's gonna be another one that he might possibly die on the road yeah. whenever that happens yeah. we might die before it yeah. but still he will die on the road yeah it's 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 gonna be for, for better or for worse, he's going to do it till he dies. Yeah. So, and 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 he's got the energy. He's got charisma. He's doing this and everything, staying in the public eye, doing everything he can. You know, now he got the public, like he got Black Sabbath going away. Probably going to do another solo album sometime. Well, they've before. already talked about it. He's definitely recording another solo album. Yeah. So, so he's so. he's still going, still doing it, still trying everything he can. And again, for better or for worse, he's still rocking. Yeah. So. He's got the charisma for it, that's for sure. Absolutely. He's not, he's not ashamed of anything. And it's one of those things where, like, he has enough of a legacy that, you know, no matter what he does, people will still follow and love what he does. Yeah. So, that's... Well, yeah. we've gotten to number six, Iggy Pop. Oh, man. Yeah. I I think... I, I don't know enough about Iggy Pop. I've seen uh, Iggy and the Stooges once before. You've seen I, them, really? I got to see them, yes. Really? I got to see them at Jones Beach. Nice. Um... 
uh, obviously I was talking about the Henry Rollins story about Iggy Pop before. I know bits and pieces about him and everything. If everything that I've heard and little bits that I've seen is all true and all culminates to this story, he is the ultimate front man. Well, that's period. what they're talking about right here uh, is that Iggy Pop could very well be the best live performer on this whole list. Yes, absolutely. He is He is just – he's a showman Yeah, through and through. By the way, we're up to number six now? Yeah. Okay, I know that a certain – white pants and yellow jacketed individual will be in the top five or I might cut someone. Like I said, you're so, going to be very pleased with your number one here. So, but first, number five, someone barely pushing five foot tall. Ryan James Museum. Abso-fucking-lutely. Because, again, this this is a man who, into his 60s, still sounded fantastic, performed fantastically, very charismatic, very much into the audience, very nice man. Yeah. Just everything about this guy screamed front man. And the, the ironic thing is, is that we're talking about this right now. You know what's playing in my car? What? Heaven and Hell live at the Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. And my God, is that a fantastic record. Yeah, he... he... It's one of those things that, like, you know, I knew how... We always knew how awesome he was. Took you a little bit longer to realize that. Yes, of course. Dickhole. <laughs> but, but like you know, as as the years go on since his death, it's like, fuck, he was so awesome. Because we we saw him, I saw him with you three times with Dio. It was it was Heaven and Hell. We saw three times, and Dio. I think I saw twice, three times. We saw three. Well, we saw him three times with with Iron Maiden. Oh, oh yeah. Then I saw him, I think I saw him five times solo. Yeah, I think you saw him twice without me. Yeah. And then of course we saw Black, uh, Heaven and Hell three times. Yeah. So, But yeah. like, he he was magnificent performer. Sausages. In... <laughs> <laughs> but, just, again, it's, it's one of those things where every single year I'm like, fuck, we need another one of these guys. We need another one of these guys like right now. Yeah. So. Even to the point where we saw a show this evening, they played Rainbow in the Dark. Like, oh, God. I was aiming to bruise your arm. <laughs> yeah, you were beating <laughs> me up so much. <laughs> All right, number four, and most deservedly, Rob Halford, Judas Priest. I would put Dio above Rob Halford. Yeah. Yes. Um, because I think even into the older age, Dio was more charismatic, more energetic. And yeah, like I can Ron see Halford that. Ron Halford sounded better, sounds better than Dio did in his older age because Dio had to kind of scale it back a bit, whereas Rob Halford kill, still kills. Kills, yeah. But I think as a front man, Dio had it better. I think you're absolutely right because I remember the last time I saw Judas Priest was on that Ma- Masters of Metal tour, which mm-hmm. was with Heaven and Hell. And Rob Halford seemed kind of boring on stage. Sounded great. Yeah. Boring as hell to watch. Because, like, yeah, like I, I feel like since the Judas Priest reunion thing, he just kind of he kind of did the robot on stage and just kind of like, uh, uh, and I was like, dude, dude, pick it up a little bit. Yeah, can, can we get some dancers on stage or something? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Like, but but Dio always had a little bit more flair to his performance. Even if he was standing still, he'd at least move his arms a lot and stuff yeah. like that. Unlike like Ozzy, who's kind of grabbing onto the mic for balance, the support, yeah, you know. But like, I, I don't think I don't think Rob Halford should be higher than Monty James Dio. But obviously, still very much a, a great front man. Yeah. So I am very pleased with this one. I think it, it's the exact right spot for him. Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. 
I don't like Led Zeppelin enough. Oh. I, I I know this is probably probably a decent spot for him. It's it's the exact right spot. It's considering the next two. Uh, number two will be Bruce Dickinson. Number one will be Freddie Mercury. Why are we even finishing this? Because he's exactly right. <laughs> Hold on, yes, <laughs> Because number two, Bruce Dickinson, fucking the best performer in metal then and now. As part of one, of I the, think he's gotten better. But also as part of one of the best overall band performances because they put on a show. They put on a show without being overly gimmicky, but they don't underperform. Even the band members who don't do very much, even like it's even still entertaining to see Adrian Smith get out there. He just kind of chills out and rocks out, like yeah, what's up? I, yeah, but I'm, then when he hits his leads, though, it's all yeah. on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then Bruce Dickinson, who who you know, he has changed up his style in, in as he's gotten older, because um, actually I feel like he's gotten a little bit more energetic on stage. I I, I have to agree with that, and I also think he's gotten better as a singer. Maybe not so much. I think so because I I remember this like listening to one of the older live albums. Mm-hmm. I much rather listen to his live albums, his later live albums, like the ones from like now, maybe like in maybe, Vivo and Flight Six Six Six. Maybe he's just a little bit better at maintaining those those lower notes because he's not hitting high notes anymore as 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 well. But maybe he's just a little bit better at maintaining those deep those lower notes, and he should have been trying that early on. Uh, but oh. I think. He's Bruce Dickinson's always been a showman. Yeah. And it's not like he's being a showman without having the skill. He's got it all. And a band that's got it all. Again, I will sit here and talk for days about Iron Maiden. Simply put, Iron Maiden defines heavy metal for me. And he deserves to be at number two. Yep. I will not say he deserves to be at number one because fucking Freddie Mercury deserves to be at number one. Yeah, absolutely. And he is. And... I can't say enough about Freddie Mercury because he was a brilliant musician. I say musician because he wasn't just a singer. He wrote a lot of material for the band in the general scheme of things. Um, crowd rouser. Uh, a lot of energy. A lot of his random shit he did on stage. Off stage, he was charismatic. He was everything a front man should be. And it was a terrible loss for all of music when he died. So, number one, Freddie Mercury. With a bullet. With a bullet. Now, the question is, is there somebody that this list missed? There's somebody that this list missed. Now I have to go look at my, my, my thing over here, my, my collection over here. I have one off the top of my head. Go. Would be very low, but definitely should be in the top 50, is Peter Steele from Typo Negative. I mean, yeah, he'd probably be, like, pretty low, but... Uh, I'm thinking, like, you know, 50, 49, yeah. you know, but still be on the list of top front men. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, but, um... I mean, I'd rather him on the list than Jonathan Davis. <laughs> so well, there you go, him trade him out. Bump him back. But, I mean, it did cover a lot of, like, the, the, the biggest names. It's yeah. a lot of the, the ones you'd expect. So I'm, well, is there anyone else? Is there anyone besides Jonathan Davis that you would take off the list? Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I I would leave him on the list, but I would put him a hell of a lot lower than number thirteen. Yeah, I mean, again, it, this is a matter of like an all-encompassing list, and it's not supposed to be as as personal as I'm putting it. But like, get him off there. <laughs> get Roger Daltrey off there. 
That I can see too. Uh, I can just, see. I just. Because you know, the, uh, I, where's Sammy Hagar? Right. Right, and he's fronted some major bands besides yeah. Van Halen, Montrose, yeah. his own solo brand. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I, I keep turning my 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 collection as the world so turns see, here, so I can I can just see everything and try to th- I think a little bit more about it. Uh, pretty low on the list, maybe like you know, just just kind of scratching fifty. Um, Ian Asbury from the Cult. Okay, just scratching fifty. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it covered a lot of the big names, so. Well, let's just think about outside of the big names. Uh, if we were to make a list of ourselves, you and I, mm-hmm. who would we put on and where would we put them? Are we still doing rock and metal? Um, let's, or let's, stick, stick with let's metal. just focus with metal Oh, here. I was going to say, because that means that Peter Gabriel's out. Cause I was... Yeah, let's just focus with metal oh, here. Throw that motherfucker up there. Um. Because I'd, I'd, I'd have to put I have to put Elton John in there. Yeah, that's so true. so let's just stick with metal. Uh, Tobias from um, um, Ed Guy and Avatar. Yeah, yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, David Draymond wasn't on that list from Disturbed. Yeah, that that's a surprise. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise considering that con- Corey Taylor is on there. Yeah, and also considering the fact like they they included Corn on there, Corn's. I don't, I don't, for lack of a better term, Corn's relevance has waned, while, whereas Disturbed has kind of stayed. Pretty... Seeing that we actually just talked about them recently, yeah. still in the charts. Yeah, they're they're still they're still pretty much there. I, I'm surprised they didn't put uh, him anywhere in this list. Right. Um, so that's a little unusual bit. Russell Allen. Let's talk about Russell Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Russell. Let me tell Allen. you about Russell Allen. <laughs> Uh, but in that same vein, somebody like Jorn Lande, who's all over the place, might be in there. Because, uh, like, I like Jorn Lande, but he's kind of a bit too much all over the place to be his, like, own thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Because, like... <sighs> and I would love to put Tim Owens in there, but the thing is, he's never had his own thing. He's never been a front man of Beyond a band. Beyond Fear was his own thing. Yeah, but that wasn't that, you know... It it wasn't like when he was in Judas Priest, but even when he was in Judas Priest, he wasn't the face of Judas Priest. No. You know, when he was in Iced Earth, no one's the face of Iced Earth, you know? Except for Matt Barlow. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's just have John Shaver. Yeah. Just just have John Shaver sing for the band. He could probably do it. No. (laughs) He could probably do it. It sounds like Matt Barlow enough right now. It sounds exactly like Matt Barlow, but he can't hit the high notes. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um... I would have to throw in just a little bit of uh, hardcore in here, and and Jamie Josta. Yeah, I'd I'd say. I mean, he is a charismatic son of a bitch and a great guy. Remember when we met him? Yep, he was a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, Lejean from Seven Dust. I would say also Vilvalo from him. Yes, uh, yes. A little, We're talking a little in the low. I'd say a, l- a little lacking in the in the the charisma, but still very much. You know, he doesn't have to do very much for people to sit there and start wetting themselves. He, and he's also him. the face of that band. Yeah. I mean, you can't name anybody else in that band. Uh, Gas lipstick. He's uh, not in the band anymore. Not in the band anymore. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! <laughs> the guy, the guy who did Daniel Lyon and I. <laughs> Uh, the 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 guitarist who's married to the daughter of Tony Iommi. See, see, I, I, I got this <laughs> list <guy>. down. <laughs> I got everything down. What are you talking about? 
Oh, what else? What else? Oh, the b b b Hansi Blind Guardian. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 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 duh. Pretty much anybody who's ever guessed on an Arion album. <laughs> yeah. James Abri from Dream Theater. Yeah, pretty much the top fifty is, is just like a, a, a read list of everybody who's ever been on an Arion album. <laughs> Yeah, well, we could talk about Arion. Um, Arion for days. I think uh, as far as extreme metal, I would have to put um, Adam from Behemoth. I mean, he is a frontman through and through. Um, in the same vein, I'd probably have to throw on somebody from Dimmuborg here. Singer from Dimmuborg has been there from I don't, the beginning. So I, don't, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, but, if, but if I we were to redo this list with just exclusively metal people, mm-hmm. we probably have to put those two guys on it. One more turn. Uh oh. As the world turns. Well, we got Bruce in there. Uh, if you want to consider uh, Anders and Speed from In Flames and Soil Work. Definitely consider them, absolutely. Um, I'm also thinking Howard Jones, uh, f- previously of Kill Switch Engage, now with Devil You Know. Yeah. Also, before Kill Switch Engage, Blood Has Been Shed. Uh, Mikhail and Jonas from Opeth and Catatonia. Yes. So. Yes, I love me some Catatonia, and um, you know about Rob my love Flynn. affair. Rob Flynn from Machine Head. Damien Wilson from Threshold. Hmm. He's kind of all over the place because Threshold kicked him out, brought him back in. But... Actually, I ju- I recently listened to one of the things that's coming out next week, um, which the, we probably won't album? cover, is the live album. We don't usually cover live albums on mm-hmm. our show, uh, so I listened to it this week, and awesome. Dave Mustaine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would love to pick someone from Anthrax, but then who? But there's no front person because Joey Belladonna, you know, like I feel like they, they've never had a, a, a front man, enough of a front man. The they always had Scott all, Ian. I was going to say, actually, all the members of that band are always in the limelight. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Charlie Benanti's always doing interviews. Like, there's no one person you talk to in the band. If you want to talk to talk to talk to a member of that band about Anthrax, you can pick any one of them. Uh, Dave Mustaine. You said that. that. I said that. You said that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bobby Blitz. Bobby Blitz, I can definitely consider that. Absolutely, so, absolutely. He's, you know, if we're talking specifically about metal, there's a lot of there's a lot of names. Yeah, we could, de- yeah, because that's what we know. Yeah. Um. But I think some of the ones that we mentioned are definitely definitely worth it. Yeah. Um. You know who would be a, a good one? I, it's only based on the one show I've seen of him was um, Doug Pinnock from uh, Kings X. Yeah, honestly, why not? I I feel like they're another one that's like the the three of them in the band. I believe there's three of them in the band. Yeah, they're enough for their own entities. That you know, like I feel like each member speaks for themselves. There's yeah. no particular frontman to that. Although Doug Pennick obviously is the main singer, but Tony yeah. Freeman, uh, Freeman, Tony Martin, to- Tony Martin, <laughs> what, what? Uh, Paul Diano. <laughs> no. <laughs> Blaze Bailey. <laughs> I love Blaze Bailey. I know you do. Yeah. I mean, he's not Tony Martin. <laughs> but yeah. I so, smell the fucking tea. So I, I, I feel like there, there, there could have been a lot more mentioned. Obviously, the top fifty from a general publication. Yeah. So you, the, you, a lot of stuff that you would expect are on yep. there. I'm pretty okay with a lot of the top ones. Again, a lot of shit I would like out of there. Get out of there, Kurt Cobain. Suck my nuts, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> but, again, 
we'd have to make our own, and we're too lazy for that. <laughs> and plus, like, we wouldn't we wouldn't want to argue about who'd be where, and just be like, all right, Freddie Mercury's number one, and then there's fifty other guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's number one, and then two through forty nine, <laughs> and then fifty would be somebody in no particular order. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, you know, you know, one and two can stay the same, and the rest of them, no, nah, we gotta play around with it. Yeah. It depends on the day. Yeah. But yeah, so, on that note, we're gonna make our curtain call here. Uh, until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash adamantstemplum, for more Shred Shack-related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like, as well as my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games from various eras of gaming. Again, that's youtube.com slash adamantstemplum. For more up-to-the-minute updates and news from yours truly, follow my Twitter account at novusredemptor. You're not going to spell it this time? No, I'm not going to spell it this time. I don't feel like spelling it out because it sounds kind of goofy. <laughs> yeah, it does. All right, well, you can follow me at Instagram and Twitter at uptheiron3314 for my adventures in fitness and music and other stuff that I do. Fitness adventures. Fitness adventures with Chris McDonald. Yeah. Speaking of that, you can just uh, go to my fitness page, uh, my personal trainer basis, business page on Facebook, facebook.com slash uptheiron3314. You can always just become my friend on Facebook where everything is posted, including everything fitness. Is posted. Wow. <laughs> including my fitness stuff, the stuff for the Shred Shack, and nerd stuff. 41 days and counting to The Force Awakens, everybody. God, are you really going to count this down every time? Yeah. <laughs> if you're hearing this, I'm going to assume that you found your way to our Mixcloud page. Mixcloud.com slash The Shred Shack is currently your primary source for all previous installments of The Shred Shack podcast, as well as recordings of The Shred Shack live radio show, which we should start posting again, recordings of again pretty soon, um, once another live show happens. Speaking of the live show, tune in to Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter. Just not it, this past week. Just not this past week. <laughs> it sh should happen this past Most week. Most Wednesdays. You can find a link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack-related updates on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. Uh, before closing out, I will say that there are some big things coming our way as far as the overall Shred Shack is concerned. We... Um, have been receiving a handful of messages from bands and whatnot, so we're trying to throw them all into our social media highlight, as well as a message or two from a publication source. So we'll be getting a whole lot of um, music from new and fairly unknown bands that we can start spreading out to you, and we will actually start playing these tracks in their entirety on the podcast, probably starting next week, as well as on the live show starting whenever we work that out. So, so a lot of big things coming, and obviously... As we had mentioned, we saw a show tonight, so you can expect a top three video. You can expect this podcast. You can expect uh, – I saw the show video. I meant to say I saw the show video before. Yeah. So you can expect an I, show, I saw the show video. I saw a show video. Yes. In fact, you can expect that yesterday because this is going to be released on Monday. So – Go check out my I Saw the Show video. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. We're getting all sorts of time, space, continuum fucked here. Yeah, seriously. Just go to my fucking channel, youtube.com slash Temple, bitch. Spell it out again. A-D-A, <laughs> <laughs> -A, suck my dick. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Reminding you that the world is full of kids.